everyone. Welcome to the Patty G Show. I am your host, Patty G. We are here with Quintarius Q Queen. We're going to be talking sports. We're going to be talking college athletics. And then how does that turn into a business on the back end? And also giving back to the community in a way that is near and dear to Q's heart and in a way that's truly going to grow his local community. And before we get all into that, a big thanks to our lovely sponsors, Falaya Real Estate and Government Taco. Stay tuned to hear a little bit more about them towards the end of the show. Without further ado, Q, welcome, my nice man. Nice to be here, man. I love well, it. Welcome to the show. I love this setup. It makes me feel, I feel legit. I feel like I'm somebody I got to mention to you. Look, man, that's what we, uh, that's what we try to do. Love we, it. We bring in Flashbang to add that level of just, you know, pizzazz that the show is all about. Right. So. And look, those guys, first of all, all three of those guys, you know, Brian, Cody, and, and Josiah, the perfection they put in setting this up, <laughs> they did a great job, man. <laughs> Shout out to Flashbang. Love them. Oh, yeah. That's, there's so much behind the scenes. I'm looking down. They got like little tape markers on the yeah. ground, making sure nothing moves. All the, everything is angled right, positioned well. They took their time. I, lo- I love the entire setup, man. It it's makes, legit. Yeah, same here, dude. I, I love it. How, how's your Monday going? My Monday has been good. It's been real, real good. Uh, nothing too special, nothing exciting going on. It's just been one of those, one of those days to start the week off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one, of the, one of those weeks. <laughs> one of those weeks. <laughs> it's only Monday. It's only Monday. Hopefully everything else just gets a little better. How is, how's yours been going? Dude, it's been crazy, man. That's good. It's, it's a busy start to a, what is supposed to be a busy week. That's so all about right. That's exciting. Yeah. But we're here to talk about you and everything you do. So Q, for, for those listening, man, who are you? Oh, I always get that question. I, I had an interview <laughs> the other day. They asked the same question. Tell me about yourself. Um, and I never know what to say. But... To get, you know, get this conversation rolling. So my name is Quintarius Queen, you know, from Thibodeau, Louisiana. Um, small town kid, you know, but I've always been a brainiac um, and an athlete at the same time. So, Which is not a normal combination, right? No, not, not for many because it's either one or the other. But yeah. it's, normally it's hard for, for both of those to, to go together. Um, ended up being a track athlete in college. Ended up getting a scholarship to go D1 at the Congratulations. University of Thank you. Um, 100 and 200 meter sprinter, <laughs> anything over 200, you can have it. Uh, I don't want it. It's too much running for me. But transferred from UNO after injuries to LSU, ended up being at LSU, working in the athletics department, graduated there twice. Um, I got an, my sports administration bachelor's, then I got a master's in business or so MBA from there the very next year. And then now I'm finishing up at Harvard in Harvard's business school. So I've been in Harvard at Harvard's business school. But you're here. I'm here. It's online. Okay. It's online. But that's still so cool, man. You're doing a Harvard business school online mm-hmm. while still in Louisiana. That's right. ex- so you so you love the edge. What are you going there to Harvard for? So I'm at Harvard for a master's in contract negotiation. So a master's in negotiation to be able okay. to to be a good negotiator. Because that's wicked. My career, of course, as I've mentioned, is being a sports agent. So you gotta okay. have that, you know, negotiating background at least. So how did you get into sports agenting uh i've always been the brains of like my friend group coming okay. up right so we all were athletes i've been surrounded by athletes family members were athletes just come from an athletic background and i've always been the brain so i've always been the guy to kind of with the what most athletes don't know i always had the answer to so i've always been the guy to be a liaison like the middleman for them helping them figure out things and that passion ended up you know for me i end up realizing that you can really you can have this as a career and then that's when sports agent, going the sports agent route became like my near and dear, like that's my thing I want to do. Wow, yeah, because it's, I mean, as from a sports perspective, you know, like when you were in school, what were they kind of teaching you 
were they teaching you anything about managing your career within the sports world or was it just perfect your craft? The second one, mostly. They didn't teach in school. They don't teach you what you should about, you know, because being an agent, you're basically a middleman. I mean, you can replace sports agent with any agent, like a real estate agent. You're connecting a homeowner to somebody who's selling the house. Same thing with sports agents. I'm connecting an athlete to a sports team. But in school, they don't really teach you how to be that salesman, teach you how to really figure that stuff out. They just teach you the basics of just getting through sports. But I had the, the, my route, my journey to get here, you know, and I'm a young, upcoming sports agent. My journey has been different from most. Um, I started out uh, at LSU's athletics department. I reached out to the compliance and was like, you know, put me in touch with all the agents that are registered to you, you guys. Because I want to learn. I want to learn what it's like. I want to learn the day-to-day. I want to get familiar with what the process is like. And as I got in contact with the guys, either they ghosted me, they ignored me, or they just flat out told me no. So I never had a shot. And then uh, that turned into me, you know, one of my relatives back home ended up, you know, he's ended up getting drafted by the Las Vegas Raiders. But through his process, through his journey, you know, I asked him, hey, look, man, you can, you know, if you're getting drafted, you must have an agent. So let me talk to your agent. Let me get to know what it's like, you know, firsthand, you know, and he put us in contact, talked to him, had a great conversation. But ultimately, it led to um, him telling me I shouldn't be an agent. I should not do it at all. It's like he was discouraging me away from it. And at that point in time, I didn't really know what that meant. or how. <laughs> but when you break down the agent industry, it's crazy because if you see somebody with determination and fire, you see that as a competition and a, and a threat. But for me, it was like, I want to help you, you know, while I'm learning at the same time. But. For him, that was the, for that situation, it was the camels, the straw that broke the camels back. And that just made me stop my own thing. Wow. So you, now was it because he was discouraging you that kind of led you and inspired you to start it? Or was it, you know, a a few, a viewing into what this career was going to be made of? A little bit of both. I think not so much the guy telling me I shouldn't be it. It was more of everything leading up to it. The tries that I've had, try to get in touch with this agent, that agent, trying to talk to, you know, several different agencies to get a chance to work in. And it's impossible to work in that, by the way. It's impossible to work in sports agencies because the field is so, it's so competitive. You have to have a network to get in, at least work in one. But with everybody saying no and all of the pushbacks, you know, and that, that was the last straw that I had. And at the same time, you know, I didn't let that get to me because it was like, okay, well, what's next? And then I just started to, hey, look, I can figure this thing out on my own. Still reach out to some of those guys. I try to reach out to pick their brains and get a little bit of let them point me in some direction. But still in all, I, I kind of figured out how to master it under my own belt. Right. Which is which is intriguing because right. there's there's lots of professions where people will be hesitant towards giving advice towards, you know, encouraging folks to get out there. But that's when they have that mindset of I can only grow so big because of my skills, therefore I should not allow others to do the same. But, you know, in my head, I'm like, I've got this mentality of the community grows as a whole together. So if I help you grow, then that's gonna inadvertently help me grow. You know, if I help this person grow, even if it's in the same field, inadvertently the rewards will come back. You know, you you put out good and hopefully good will come your way. And so in my mind, I'm like, if I'm a sports agent, I'm like, yeah, come help me. You know, because if anything, it makes sense. I can hire you under me and start growing this agency of agents. And, you know, if from a financial perspective, sure. Hey, look, anybody you sign, I get a five, 10 percent commission of whatever it is you get right. because of that initial forefront. Hey, I'm taking a bet on you. I think you're going to do great things. Exactly. And here's the thing for me, Pat, honestly, when I first met you, I said that uh, if I didn't say it, I'm going to say it now and to kind of refresh your mind. I'm a firm believer. 
I'm young. I'm really right. young. I'm in my early 20s. But I'm a firm believer that back in the day, you know, the competition thing was probably, you know, really the way to do things. You know, I want to be my own boss. I want to do it on my own way. In this generation, I'm a firm believer that collaboration is the new competition. Instead, instead of me going at you, for instance, in this agent's case, instead of you pushing me back and pushing me out and seeing me as a competitor, you could have easily just reeled me in. And now it's kind of like, you know, you pretty much got your competitor. Like now you got somebody collaborating with you and now you, you guys can work together. And you can together grow, grow it to bigger than you could by yourself. There you go. And I took that. So the way that my agency is set up, so I'm not yet licensed. But what I did was I partnered with somebody who is licensed, a young guy, you know, Henry from New Orleans, went to Tulane. Me and him are really close. So I reached out to him because he's licensed and he didn't have any clients. He wasn't connected to anybody. He was just, you know, in a hole where he just he wanted to be in where I was. So I had the athletes. I had the clients. I had the connections. And I was like, you know what? Instead of me getting my license yet, somebody has them already. So let me partner with him. And then I ended up getting interns to help me out, you know, with scouting and recruiting guys at LSU. Um, and I used that same formula that you just mentioned to help me grow mine. And that's how I feel, you know, this is about to be really big for me going forward. You know, it's about to be special. That's incredible. So I didn't know, do you have to be licensed to do this type of work? Uh, you have to, in order to represent, you know, any professional, so use the NFL, for instance, you have to have an NFL PA licensing okay. in order to actually negotiate with sports teams. Got it. So with, you know, Henry having his license, any athlete that we recruit to Clever Sports, he is the guy that's going to sign on my behalf as the person to negotiate. But I can Got still it. do the other work of recruiting them, housing them, training. I can help them do that other stuff. His main job is to sign a contract, which I can't do. Right. So he's got to make sure to review everything you've yep. done to make sure, you know, it's up to par with yep. what the professional standards require. Yep. And it, it. it's perfect for us because I told him it's like, you know, Steve Nash and Myers thought about it. Like we, we like pick and roll right <laughs> now because because what I can't do, he can do. And what he can't do, I can do. So most people, you know, say the traditional way of being an agent is going to law school. You got to go to law school. You got to get this. You got to get that. You got to do that. You got to do this. And it's really no. I, I went to business school. Mm -hmm. I personally believe that you're going to be doing more business with student athletes or with athletes in general than you will legal stuff. Now, there will be a lot of legal stuff done. Um, but I say that to say with me going and having a business background and Henry, he has the law background. I think it's a two way tandem. And I think that brings value that I don't have to him and, you know, value that he doesn't have to me. And I think that 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 works out well for both of us. Right. Because then a sports agent on the forefront, we think of, you know, just signing contracts yes. and everything. But from my understanding, y'all want to do so much more than that. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to help these athletes go from signing the contract. But great. Now you've got all this influx of cash you've never had before. Let's find a way to manage that. Let's set you up with the right people, get you a good team. Mm -hmm. So that way you don't end up like the next story right. of an athlete going bankrupt. Yep. And I preach that. As a matter of fact, so Clever Company, so when I created Clever Sports, uh, the main mission behind, so I look up to Rich Paul. Rich Paul is LeBron James's agent, right? Okay. So uh, Rich and LeBron has been real close, and I, I really admire Rich as an agent because he uses every one of his clients to make sure that they understand that they have a platform. You can be whoever you want to be. And it's a funny story. So Clever, um, the copy of Clutch Sports, that's the name of Rich Paul's agency, I was going to put clever with the K because clutch is spelled with the K, but I was like, I was doing too much. <laughs> so I kept it, I kept it, kept it the same. I kept it regular, but my logo is a light bulb. And here's the reason why I'm a firm believer that everybody has some type of superpowers. Me, you, those guys that, uh, 
a flashbang. Everybody, every athlete, everybody on the planet has some type of superpowers. The issue with most of us is either we don't know what they are or we don't even know how to use them. And my main mission at Clever is to help you turn on your light bulb. Basically, it's like when you have that aha moment, when you finally figure out this is who I am, this is what I'm good at, this is what I should do. When you figure that out, your light bulb goes off. Right. Right. And I think I admire that because that's the mission I want to give, starting with athletes, to let you see, hey, look, once you figure out who you are on the field or on the court or on whatever perspective sport you're doing, that's going to help you leverage yourself to get the best opportunity, the best maximum. Because any professional sports is a business and it's situation. Oh, it's 100% it's situation. A business. If you can't pre- perform how they want you to, you're gone. Right. right. Same thing goes for whenever sports over, because most of these careers are not long anyway. If yeah. you can figure out who unless you you're, are. you know, Tom Brady and it's a special it's a special <laughs> one that actually lasts the longest. But at the same time, it's after the sports career is over. Like, mm-hmm. what could you do once you figure out who you are outside of sports? Now you have an extra life to go on. And yeah. I think that's that's where I you know, want to play that role of helping people turn on that light bulb. Well, it's like you look at, you know, the Mannings yes. or you look at, you know, Sha- Shaq. Yes. I mean, he is doing all kinds of things outside of his professional exactly. career. And he's been out of the sports. How long has he been out of the, oh, out wow. the actual playing the sport? Oh, wow. Like, I don't, I don't even know the timeline, but he's been out for so long. It's like, you, you now just know him for him. him. Yep. You know him for his personal brand. Yep. You Now, some of your well-advanced or better advanced in years individuals will say, oh, yeah, no, I remember Shaq when he was playing, you know, at LSU, I won some games, whatever it was. Right. But for most of us, like, I remember him from, like, you know, the general commercial yeah, or, like, you know, uh, was it, no, it wasn't Dr. Icy Hot Patches. Yes. You know, now he's with Papa John. Yes. You know, we know him as that character, as that persona of this massively tall human mm-hmm. doing great business things. So that's where I love what you said, you know, get people to think of that light bulb. Yeah. So after the sports is over, after the rounds, the done, you know, it's done, the match is complete. What are you going to do what next? Do do? Yeah. And most of the guys, Pat, it's like you said it, the the standard, the way that it normally happens, most of those guys, once it's over, it's over. Like, literally, I know nothing yeah. else. I don't know how to do anything else. And I feel terrible sometimes because most of these guys have been grown and, and nurtured into thinking that sports is the only way out. For most, it can be. And mind you, being an agent, I want to help you maximize on your talent while we got the chance. But at the same time, I'm helping you figure out life. I want to help these young, you know, young athletes figure out life outside of sports, after sports. And I think that's what makes me makes me special as an agent. <laughs> yeah. So in, in dealing with the, the, the few interactions you've had with other agents, have you found that's kind of a similar approach they take or is it entirely different? I think it's different. Okay. Here's why. I think it's different because I think it's most agents that tell you and most agents do act in their best interest. But, you know, the stigma of being an agent is more of the shady slice, you know, shysty person that will cut his way through to get what he wants. Uh, but for most agents, some of them do act in, 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 in the right manner to try to look out for your well-being. Most of them don't. Um, the way that I approach it, what makes me a little different, it's one mainly I'm young. Meaning that I can relate to some of these young athletes, especially these 19, 20 years. I'm early in 20s, right? So I can relate to some of these guys. I know what they're looking for, what they need, because, you know, I'm, I'm around the same age. I understand right. the trends. Um, and just being charismatic, like I've always been people's person. So it's nothing for me to tell, you know, one of these guys, hey, look, I understand what you're going through. I'm going through the same, or I went through the same thing. Or I just, you know what I mean? It's, it's more easier for me to engage in a relatable conversation. Versus, you know, the older agents who some of them don't even adapt to the times to where everything is so, I want to say black and white. It's so traditional where Mm -hmm. it's like, 
it's it's intimidating when you're 20 years old and you have right. an agent that's like 40, 50. They, they're used to doing things a certain yes. way. And if you don't want to do things that certain way, then they're kind of like, then I'm not going to play ball. Exactly. So how do we kind of go around avoiding the stigma that agents have? You know, because like you said, some most the, when you think of an agent, you know, especially in a lot of TV shows that kind of portray the agent as, you know, the guy that rolls in, the nice fancy yep. suits, the flashy jewelry. They come in, oh, yeah, we're going to sign you, get a big signing bonus. By the way, I'm taking a 45% cut of yeah. that signing bonus. <laughs> How do you, I guess as a profession, go about altering that course and changing the stigma and saying, no, we're actually here to help you? For me, I think it is being relatable and being able to connect and adapt to times. Uh my main mission for, for being an agent is to be there, like basically be everybody I've talked to already because next year is prepared to be like a really good year for me. Uh, but everybody I've spoke with, I've let them know, like, man, look, with or without you signing me, we're locked in forever. We're brothers, mm. right? We're brothers. And whenever I jump into female sports, we're sisters, like we're sisters and brothers. We're, 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 we're a family. We're yeah. family. There we go. Because I want you to know through all of this, I want to be in your corner. I want to see you win at the same time. And, and for me... Being young, I told this a lot of a lot of my colleagues, a lot of my friends too. I can go from being your homeboy, I can go from being your homeboy to your workout partner to like your agent in one setting. Meaning, I can go from the flashy jewelry. I can go from being this guy that can rip jeans, and I can go from that to being in like workout clothes, gym shorts, to being in a suit in like thirty minutes. Because I'm, I'm that relatable to you. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not just one sequence guy where I walk in there with just a suit on and everything's all stiff. It's a little machinery. It's hard for you to really relate because, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I like to have that little style and swagger to where I can be comfortable as myself, but it also makes them feel, you know, feel at ease. Yeah, 100%. They've got, you know, when you look at the, the professional world yes. within different professions, you know, for example, like a banker. I'm sure if I were to say a banker, the first thoughts that would come to your mind is suit and tie. Yeah. You know, suit and tie, very well dressed, yep. very well presented. You know, probably CPA, another one well dressed, you know, an attorney, well dressed. All these professions, we have this this picture in our head of they've got to be well dressed, you know, classy, elegant. They gotta be wearing the the clothes. Otherwise, I don't trust their knowledge. Right. There you go. But from a from a younger generational standpoint, it's like we want someone to be relatable. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to walk and sit down in a bank and have yes. all these people in suits around me. I'm going to freak out. I'd be like, what is what Yeah, is it's this? going to make you feel uncomfortable. Exactly. Yeah. And then you're not able to actually get down to the root of the problem if there are some issues you're trying to hash out. Right. Because you're going to still be on edge of not Excuse feeling comfortable within their own setting. Mm-hmm. But like you said, if you come in, you're able to, you know, say, hey, let's go for a workout. Let's go for a 200 meter run. No more, no less. <laughs> and let's chit chat while yeah. we do it right. you know, for the whole 10 seconds. Let's go and do something like that. And then that way we can understand, you know, you can see me in a different light. I think that is huge. Yeah. Not even just in, in being a sports agent, just across so many other professions. Yeah, And I think it, it especially because you look at the time, signs have changed. Right. This, the things that worked in the early 2000s, that cannot work in this era because, you know, most of us young folks, this new generation, we, we have a different way of approaching things. And I think that's where you have to, as an agent or any other career, you have to understand what the trends are for people in this target area. You have to be ready to, and prepared to kind of, you know, shift a little bit to try to you know, engage and relate more to them. And I think that's 100 percent. It's, you know, in, in the early 90s or the late 90s and the early 2000s, you weren't having the same conversations you are today. No. You weren't saying, OK, look, you were in high school sports. You got well known. You put out some good, you know, highlight reels on your YouTube channel. You've got a significant following. 
Yeah. Now you've got a good social media presence. Let's start reaching out to brands that want to do deals. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, what team do you want to play for? Mm-hmm. And once you pick out the team, now let's go and find the brands that are already aligned with that team so we know we have a holistic approach to solving your problem mm-hmm. and getting you some revenue. Because outside of getting your, you know, your TV ads or your magazine ads, which is the, what would have been discussed in the mm-hmm. 90s and early 2000s, now it's okay you can post a TikTok video and they'll pay you 50 grand mm-hmm. because you're going to get 2 million views. Yep. And especially with the NIL. So I don't know if you've been following college sports. The NIL? Yeah. So so NCAA is passing the national uh, the Name, Image, and Likeness Act. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm aware of that. That's, that's, that's going to be huge because exactly what you just said is about to be legal for athletes to do in college. Mm-hmm. To, I was a student athlete, so I understand like there's... The cafeteria closed at nine, but you just finished with training and weights. So, like, you can't even eat. You have no money. So making money in college is, is, is a thing. Like, it needs to be a thing. And I think this is a big opportunity for a lot of athletes, especially ones that bring in high revenue, to finally get to profit off of their name image. So just as what you said with TikTok, I can post a TikTok video as a star athlete. And then now this gets 20 million views. I can get paid for without having any jeopardization to my, you know, eligibility in college. So I think this is about to be, it's about to be really big. Okay. So, so on that, I want to get your, your, your take. I think I kind of already get a sense of where you are in this, but on that, do you feel that will become distracting to athletes in a college setting? Do you think maybe it'll hype up their egos before they have a maturity level to handle that? Yes. For most of them, I do think that there are a lot of them that are going to be able to control it, understand it. And move on from that way. But um, I do think it's going to be a little ego inflating. I'm excited about it. I really I'm actually for it for the reasons of the guys who can control it, who understand even if you get the right representation, somebody that can you can put in your corner that you can trust. I'm for them because I understand that having extra income is kind of a need, especially when you bring in millions of dollars worth of revenue. But for the guys that are going to take, you know, take advantage of it and really get nothing out of it. You know, I'm not really, you know. Yeah, that that that's the part that kind of that kind of you know still stuck with me is like, look, some of these kids coming on big scholarships to big universities, major universities, they're like seventeen or eighteen years old. Yeah. I mean, if you if if you were to get a check for a million bucks stuck in your hand, do you even know what to do with it? You know, and if you go and blow it all before you even acknowledge, I got to pay thirty seven percent of that in taxes. Yeah. You know, it's that type of stuff that's kind of where I'm like very hesitant is, you know, yeah, I can understand. I can see the benefit of having that. But it's like, I think with it, there needs to be more financial education of the athletes. They are, they, they're putting that in play where you have to like schools have to enact some education about that. But guys are also able to, to hire an agent mm-hmm. through the process to help them do it. The, the agent can't help them with sports stuff. You can't, you know, promote them to NFL teams or NBA teams. You can only strictly work with like businesses, companies that are doing marketing deals. So like you can hire an agent to kind of be that guy to kind of mitigate that you spending, you know, your full million before you even pay taxes. Right. So you can, you know, have that representation of somebody in your corner. At the same time, school is going to be required to at least put some education in front of them to let them know, hey, look, do it this way. Like make sure you do it the right way, the safe way for you. Right. Because, I mean, within that. Another, you know, hesitancy would be, okay, now we've got these, these student athletes that are bringing in all this different revenue from their name, image, and likeness. How do we ensure that scouts or marketing companies don't just start showing up on campus to their chemistry class? Yeah. You know, how do we protect them within the realms and the walls of the university mm-hmm. from having all that approachment 
from having all that attention put on them because now, I mean, you're going from an LSU athlete that, I mean, I don't, I speak of LSU because I'm, I'm an yeah, alumni oh, of them, so yeah, you know yeah. I can't speak on any other schools. But like when you're when you're an athlete at a prestige at a high ranking university with a name like LSU behind you, everyone's all over you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't care if you're playing, you know, from a lowest end sport to a highest end, which is football. We all know at LSU. Yeah, and it's like you know once you have got that name, image, and likeness of availability, and you start seeking out people then what's that going to do from stopping the floodgates from having, you know, instead of having students in parking garages, now you've got all these, these trainers and all these, you know, these scouts at the universities trying to find the next good kid at camp at, you know, at practice and getting them as a freshman, you know, and it's, it's hard to maintain them within the walls at university to still encourage them to pursue a degree. Yeah. Right. Right. And I, I a hundred percent agree. Like, but with this, I think everybody's nervous because I think it's July 1st is the day. I, I have no it's, idea. It's this, it's this Thursday. Uh, so okay. July 1st, everything opens. So when people listen to this on the podcast, it'll already happen. It'll already happen probably, <laughs> yes. Um, and I tell you, everybody's nervous because nobody knows what to expect because this is about to be the single single biggest thing the NCAA has done since a while back with Title IX stuff. So this is about to be really, really big and nobody can expect anything because they don't know. It's so many gray areas like you mentioned that if people, like everybody's panic not panicking, but everybody's kind of like, they don't really know what to expect. So as an agent, I'm excited to see what goes on. You know, I'm actually sitting back preparing, looking and making sure I do my research. Uh, but it's going to be crazy the next week, so. Oh, it's going to be hectic, yeah. man. Because now you've got all these people that are, you know, used, or not used, but gaining fame and gaining momentum within their college career. They're now just going to start saying, how can I cash in on this? Yeah. You know, instead of me sitting there taking a picture with this person, am I going to start charging them five bucks to take a picture? Yeah. Like it's, it's crazy. It's, 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 it's going to be, I, I, I predict and I think that what's going to happen is there's going to be an initial flush yeah. of just people going crazy with it. Mm-hmm. But hopefully over time, it'll kind of dial back in and we'll find a good neutral ground yeah. where people will be able to understand it, they'll be able to appreciate it, and they won't have all those super ego yeah. inflations. And you won't see these kids pulling up in Lamborghinis yeah. to, you know, a community <laughs> college. Right. <laughs> and I think what's crazy is I think about that uh, with the law and everything passing July 1st, I honestly do think as the years and months go past and everything just, you know, like you said, it, it's going to go crazy for a while but then it dies back down they're going to start adding additional addendums to the laws to make make sure they can cover as much as they can cover through it but i think this first week with this being a brand new idea a brand new deal that's going to go through mm-hmm. it's going to be it's going to be insane so ha- if had this been in place when you were at you know lsu or you were at university of new orleans yeah. right would this have changed the outcome of your career you think oh uh, maybe i okay. think so yeah i think so honestly because I'm, I'm very charismatic and I love people. So, right. and I love, I love meeting people. I love connecting. I think I told you this. Um, I'm infectious when it comes down to meeting people that, that want to grow their brand just as much as mine. Mm-hmm. And I like bringing that to the table, which is the reason why Patty G show. I love it. I love everything you do. Flashbang production. I love everything. These guys. I mean, we do a little bit of branding, you know, yeah, every, I, every now and again. I love it. And with that, I would have been able to, there'd have been several partnerships we would have probably had early on. I would have been seeking out because I know how to, I know how to add value. I know mm-hmm. how to find, if I can't find, if I can't add value, I know how to find value that I can add to somebody. I love helping people grow. So I think there would have been a lot of marketing and endorsement opportunities for me personally uh, coming out of college because because of that ability. So what was your time like as a student athlete? Um, it was, I was there for two years. Okay. So I was at the University of New Orleans, signed a scholarship after I graduated high school in 15, was there from 15 and 16, um, ended up leaving my sophomore year. 
So um, ended up getting hurt, hurt my foot. I had a turf toe, which is it's a baby injury, but it's one of those injuries that it's like it's nagging. It won't go so away. What's, what's turf toe? I'm so you're gonna learn so, if you so haven't watch already. This, watch my this. education <laughs> level on sports is like so low. So under your big toe, right there's a yeah. bone, and there's a bone right there. Okay, right that bone was bruised. So I need that in order my balance. You know, big toe gives you balance. I right? do know that. Yeah, there you go. I know that. So I need that to balance myself. But when you run on it, it's pain. Like it's really, it's not, it's not pain and you can't move. It's pain where it's like you feel it and it's annoying. Mm-hmm. It cannot be healed. It cannot be healed without rest and like or surgery. So mom's neglected me getting surgery. She thought I would never walk again. So I decided to just rest it out. Um, college coach at the point in time, I didn't feel like he cared enough about the situation. So that led to me transferring. Tried to walk on at LSU both years. And um, myself, my junior and my senior tried to walk on and run over there because I was just as fast to compete with some of those guys. My work ethic would have been just as great as those two. But both years they told me I was too late or like something else came up. The roster spot was full. So decided to hang it up and, you know, pursued more just working inside the athletics department to get an understanding but I still train, so I'm still trying to make one comeback so that way I can run professionally unattached with myself. So that way I want to see, I, I hate feeling like I haven't reached my full potential and stuff. So I've been still training to try to get one more race in to see how good I really am or how, you know, how far I really can go with it uh, because I feel like I left off unfinished and I don't like that. Uh, okay. so, so definitely been still in it. But the fact that I got a degree in being an athlete and then I worked in athletics and then now I'm actually an agent. I think all three of those things coming together is, you know, that's what's helping me with this career. And what was the the vibe kind of like among the other athletes as far as completing the degree program while you were there? Um, and actually getting that that bachelor's degree or whatever the MBA, whatever degree they were after, what was kind of the vibe around that? At UNO at the time when I was there, that was like everybody's main priority. Okay. They wanted to make sure that they get their degree. Because UNO is it's a division one school, but it's not LSU. Right. Most kids, if I go play any sport at LSU, I'm not even getting a degree. Like after three years, if I'm really good in football, I'm out of here. Why is that? You cash out as early as you can. Okay. You do now partnering that with name, image and likeness. Do you think it might actually retain? It could. It depends on using NFL, for instance, for guys who play football. It depends on your draft stock. It depends on what people see you as after your third year. If you are probably looking at not even getting drafted, but you still have like you have some ability to be gain some extra dollars just being one more year. I'm going to stay one more year versus just going to the league because I'm going to make more money this way than I will here. Uh, But ultimately, I mean, you cash out as early as you can because NFL is a business. You know, age is a big thing. If you get too old, I'm I'm getting somebody that's younger. If you too old injuries, like all of that stuff plays into you getting picked up by a team. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's going to be the the parts of that that's going to be a little iffy. Yeah, I mean, because that's like my biggest thing is how can or is it, is it even worth it to universities? How can you keep and retain those athletes to complete their degree program? Because at the end of the day, yeah, you can show all these stats about how quickly you get drafted, how mm-hmm. many players get drafted. But like like we said in the beginning, people's athletic careers are not, you know, in the grand scheme of your life, that's for some anywhere from 70 to 90 years, 10 years of an athletic career is not that long. No, indeed. I mean, it's a single decade. Especially if you're in your 20s. That means when you retire, you're going to be 30. You right. still have like 50 years left. 
Exactly. Right? You so have 50 how, years of life left. And, and you, so you have 50 years of life left. And how do you, you know, maintain yeah. a certain lifestyle? Because I know when you get those big signing bonuses, that, that shift in your lifestyle is just so dramatic. Yeah. I mean, you're going from some people having no money at all to $20 million, you know, $20, $30 million signing bonus, you know, and it's how do you teach and educate these people so whenever they do get to that point, they don't go out and just spend it all. And it's like that that degree, that extra year, you know, if universities, I think, have really focused on, okay, let's make sure they know how to spend this. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure they know how to use what they're given in the best way possible so when they do retire at 32, 33, 35, they're not just washed up in the gutter right. after a year or two. And to, to be honest with you, that's why most universities, especially big ones, they try to push for their guys to graduate early. So some, if you are a really highly you know, profiled athlete, they're going to push for you to graduate your third year because they know you're leaving anyway. But they do that as a way to kind of incentivize you to kind of get your degree as well. But at the same time, I think you're right. Like when it comes to that, like that education part of it, most schools, I believe all of them at least attempt to educate these guys on what's going on. But once I can say anything to you, I can tell you exactly what you should do. Once I say it to you, you really got to like apply it to yourself. Right. percent. Because it's easy to sit up here and tell you at this point with no money in your pocket. Hey, look, this is what you should do when you get this big signing bonus. This is what you should look out for. And then once you put 20 million dollars in your hand. All that goes out the window. Well, 100%. And <laughs> okay, it's, it's, none of that. Like, and there's so much that they have to take into consideration. Yeah. You know, my, my grandfather is from uh, the Vols Parish in Louisiana. Come on. And he would always have the saying, you can bring a horse to the water and trough, but you can't make him drink. Here you go. And so when these people, you know, when these athletes, they get all their money, all of a sudden, all of their 200 friends they graduated with are now all of a sudden their best buds. Mm-hmm. They're so close. Oh, you remember that time I lent you $2 to buy a hot dog at the at the ball game? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With interest, that's 200 grand, yeah, please. You it's, it's like crazy. you get all these asks as soon as you get the money. And as a young individual, it can feel like a lot of pressure is put on you. Mm-hmm. You know, like because all of a sudden your aunts, your uncles, your grandparents, your parents, they're all coming out of the woodworks. That are like, okay, great. It's real. Where's my share? It's real. No, I know it's real. It's real. Like I've never personally experienced it, but I've heard so many stories yeah. of people experiencing that. I mean, what can what can they do to mitigate that? It it, it really, I can't even tell you a good answer. Even with the knowledge I do have, I don't. I can't even tell you an answer. But to go back off the horse analogy, I've always believed in the same metrics. Like you know, you can give a man a fish, he's going to eat for a day. Mm-hmm. But if I teach you how to fish. You can eat for the rest of your life. And I've always been on that. And that's part of where the clever thing comes from. Mixed with being a little bit of Kobe Bryant, like this whole mama mentality, this whole figure out who you want to be and then go after it. Forget anything else. Forget the failures. Failures. I don't believe in failing because every failure to me is a lesson. I learned something. I learned what not to do ever again. Yeah. You know, because the definition of insanity is literally repeating the same action and expecting a different result. If I walk straight right now, I'm running into that wall, right? I won't ever walk. If I keep walking straight, I'm going to keep hitting that wall. 100%. Right? So why would you expect anything different? And I say that because I'm more being so young and understanding what our generation lacks and understanding what athletes as a general lack. And I think that been lacked in in years and years and years is letting them see like, hey, bro, we're going to, I'm going to help you as best as I can figure out you know, I want to walk you. I'm not going to tell you just what to do. I'm actually going to be here with you to make right. sure, you know, because most of the time, like you said, when those, you know, the entourage comes, when, when your family and friends and all of your long lost cousins that you haven't talked to in a while, when they start coming out, you got so many voices in your ear. It's challenging. It's, it gets, it gets hard. And that's, 
that can be applied not just in sports and in athletics. That's applied across any type of business. You know, if you've got a startup or a business that for the first several years, you know, your family was like, oh, that's nothing. You know, why are you wasting your time selling cupcakes? Yeah. You know, and you want to be a baker. Why Why you do? I think there's actually a, a professional football player. Yes. That bakes there's and does cupcakes. Yeah. There's two of them. Yeah, they started a business together. Yes. That's funny. I did that sto- that yeah. analogy. It's but crazy. anyways, so you're like <laughs> cupcakes. So like baking cupcakes, you know, it's like, oh, no one's going to buy your cupcakes. Yeah, they're fun in family reunions, but, you know, no one's going to pay $5 for half a dozen cupcakes. All right. And then all of a sudden, you know, some kind of way your business takes off and it explodes. Now they're all coming back saying, oh, I love your cupcakes. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. I've been here from Can, the beginning. Uh, yeah, I've been here from the beginning supporting you. Can you give you know, your your aunt, your auntie, your cousin, your, your uncle, can you give us some cash? You know, we just, we've seen you and supported you the whole way. Remember that first batch we bought yeah, from you? you they, all that stuff starts coming up. Yeah. And as an entrepreneur, especially as a younger entrepreneur, that you don't have all those years of life experience whenever you have that cash and that opportunity, which is so great. It's also like, okay, I need to make sure I am managing and maintaining something so I'm not just giving it out to everybody and then I'm left with nothing. Right. Because in that situation, often, as let me tell you, so in many cases, especially using athletes, you like athletes are very vulnerable. So in that case where all those guys come out and say, remember I did this and I hope you get that. Like you feel like you you should give back. You like, feel obliged. You feel, you feel guilty. Absolutely. You feel so guilty that you decide to give them something. And then you can't say no. Right. You say you can't say no because it's like I've known this guy my whole life. He's like you can't say no. But really, it's like, hey, man, you know, they don't have that person in the ear actually saying, hey, look, hold up. Let's yeah. let's look at this first. So I think, yeah, it gets yeah. tough. We're not, we're not saying you can't give it to them. Yeah. Let's just figure out what's feasible. Yeah. You know, we don't want you to go ahead and give out a tenth of your signing bonus yeah, no. in the first day. No, indeed. You know, because your life's a long one. Mm-hmm. And if you are spending all that cash like you are, it's not going to last very long. Exactly. At least your cash won't. Exactly. So, and then, and going from that, you are also doing something unique and incredible in Thibodeau. Yes. Yes, I am. What, what, what's, what's going on down in good old, good old <laughs> Thibodeau, which I, I've done many a, a shows there, done some fishing down there. Yeah. Love me some Thibodeau. So, um, I'm working on a sports academy. So, it's called Quality Sports Academy. It's, it's, it sounds like it's just a sports facility, but I try to make sure I emphasize that the word academy is attached for a reason. It's more about academics, but also involving the sports side of things. My main mission, like I, as I mentioned to you, everybody has some specialty about them. I, I Me and um, my two guys, my two partners, uh, we're really close. We all went to Thibodeau High together. We all was in high school. We all ran track together. We all got college degrees, so we... One day we partnered up on the track out there, ironically, and um, we just was like, what can we do to give back? What could we do to change the way culture is normally defined, especially in, you know, a minority community? Like, you know, where things is most of us are seen are shown that being an athlete is the only way out. What could we do to fix that? So that's when this academy idea became, you know, real because. We want this place. So it's designed as a, this is like 30,000 square foot facility where we have um, indoor turf for football, soccer, any, any type of sports, basketball courts, weight rooms. Upstairs, there's an academic center in there. So the whole purpose of this is to have a home for most of our you know, young community, people of our young community to come in and be a part of something. While at the same time, you're, getting, you're being better as an athlete and you're being better academically in school while also meeting new people and having right. an environment right there that's really safe and it's really helpful for you to figure yourself out. So that's what we, you know, put together and we created. And the process of doing this, let me tell you, it's a journey. 
And that's one thing about both projects that I'm working on, from Clever Sports to this Quality Sports Academy. The journey. Like, I can tell you my goal in life is to be the greatest sports agent, but I'm not chasing after that. I'm more in love with the process and the grind to get there than actually getting there. That makes sense. 100%. I cared more about practice at track when I ran track than I did about running. Because once it's like you play a video game and once you beat the video game, you're no longer interested. You've done everything. So I think I'm more involved and more excited about the the process of getting to the top than actually getting there, which is making all of this like a story. And which is the reason why I reached out to you, because even though it's not finished yet, I wanted to start telling a little bit about the story and the process and the journey of getting to where I want to go. And but with the academy, I think once that thing is put together, it's some time because everybody, you know, we have it's 5013C, so it's a, it's a nonprofit. So we use that because we want the community to see everything that comes in here is coming back out. So we've got from our parish presidents to our councilmen to our mayor to the Rouse's family. A lot of people are interested in being a part of this and donations and stuff. And it's just a matter of time before, you know, everybody's waiting on one person to make a move first. Yeah. Right. It's a domino effect, you know. Once one person gives something, then, oh, okay, he gave, I'm going to give too. So it starts that effect. So once we line that up and get that going, I feel like this this one big project is going to be a huge change, not just in the city of Thibodeau, hopefully inspires other areas around the nation. Right. It gives, <clears throat> like you said, it gives that that opportunity to get out a different way, you know, to see there's a different alternative than just going play a sport yes. that's, again, going to have only a 10, 15, 20-year career Unless, you know, you pick a different sport that's got a longer life, a right. shelf life. But it's, okay, what else can you do to get out of the situation you're in? Yes. You know, and that's so important for anyone who's in a situation where they say, I just don't see a way out. Mm-hmm. I don't see an end to what I'm doing. My family's been doing what they've been doing for generation and generation and mm-hmm. generation. That's just the way life's supposed to be, and that's the way it shapes up. Mm-hmm. And, and I this try, is something different. And I try to, so when I, when I mentioned Clever, so the... The CLEVER is an acronym. It stands for creating leverage, you know, exciting victories and enjoying the results of those. So I try to install that CLEVER mindset in people because I firmly believe like our motto is simple. Like, don't just be smart, be CLEVER. Being CLEVER is not being smart, right? Smart is more restricted towards like actual book knowledge towards certain things, actual traditional, you know, strict measurements to, you know, information. Being CLEVER is being creative, right? It's being untraditional. It's finding other ways to get the same result. And I think I try to install that in people. Uh, somebody I really look up to is Gary V. <clears throat> Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you're familiar with Gary. I'm, I'm familiar. Okay, so I'm Gary, familiar. Gary's my guy. So Gary, I remember seeing a video where he was talking to a guy. Man, I guess this guy, he wanted to be an actor, right? And um, this guy was like, you know, he's trying to get his GED. So once he gets his GED, he's going to enlist in the Army. Once he enlists in the Army, he's then going to go to acting school. Once he's finished acting school, he's then going to go be an actor. And Gary just was like, okay, I understand. But are there any other ways you think you can go and be an actor besides that? Because what you're just telling me right now, I mean, you're in your 20s. You're about to do eight years worth of stuff before you even start acting. So he basically said, you know, have you thought about just going to L.A. and going out there and work on some mini projects or using Instagram, TikTok, social media to kind of do skits and show off your acting skills versus doing it? So in other words, his clever, like, Gary's clever mindedness is what's attractive to me, which is why I consume so much of his content, because it's multiple ways to get to the same destination. Yeah. Right. You have to find a way that fits you. Right. Apparently from that conversation, you know, the guy, I think, ended up taking the way of just going out there and doing himself. He was following the traditional path of his parents who was in the army. 
He was just following what he knew. And I understand that because everybody knows what they know. Like you only know what you know. And you don't know what you, you don't, don't know. There you go. So when you, <clears throat> when you put it in your mind to figure out, oh, look, I can do it this way. Like my path to being an agent. It's not the same way that most agents go. Because once I realized, hey, look, I don't really have to go to law school. Hey, look, I don't really need my license right now. Hey, look, I don't need to do most of what you tell me I should do because it's the traditional way. I'm doing it this way and I can get to the same result. And I think that's what's, I try to push that a lot, being clever. And that's the main thing quality sports stands for. Because, right. you know, showing you that there's multiple ways to be successful. You don't have to pick up a ball. Yeah, and it's, success is a ever-evolving, ever-changing definition, which you could ask, you know, everyone in this room, yeah. what success means to them. And yeah. I promise you, we'll get four different answers. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's special, too, because everybody looks at success different. And... For me, being open-minded, I love looking at opinions of why you think your answer is this. Like, I just love, I love seeking new information and knowledge from people and just their opinions because that does nothing but make me, you know, realize life outside of my own shell. And I think that's important for people to look at it from that way. Because when you're locked in a bubble, and for some people, I was once in that position too, when you're only locked in this bubble that doing things a certain way or doing things the way everybody's been doing it is the only way out. You sometimes feel trapped when you don't have the special ability to actually do it that way. You feel like you can't do it. You feel like there's no other option. There you go. You feel like, again, it goes back to you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. You look at this, this position that you're in, and you look at people who have gotten past this position, but you only look at a handful of people. Mm-hmm. You look at maybe two or three people and say, oh, they did it this way, and you fail to realize some of the difficulties and the challenges they went through mm-hmm. in order to get to that position. And that's big, too. Like... uh Every year, me and one of my close friends, we always say that there's a word that always describes the year in, in a nutshell. So last year's word, like the whole 2020 was perception. So, so many people, you know, you know, when you see the end, when you see mm-hmm. the end of somebody's journey, you see the the fame or you see them getting to the top of the mountain and you instantly, I want to be the next Jeff Bezos. But really, you don't know the years Bezos took, the grind that he had to take to get, he didn't just do this overnight. Right. You know, same thing with athletes when you go to the, which is why being an athlete is so infectious. You see the draft, right? You see draft night, right? You see those guys signing those million dollar contracts and you instantly think I can be him. But really, most people, you don't know the grind you got to take to get there. And I think that is the perception thing. When you kind of see that from the outside in, you think it looks good. But really, you got to work. 100%. You got to work. The, the mentality that has kind of taken over, <clears throat> excuse me, with, with the course of social media and how it's played out is you're able to see these success stories mm-hmm. over and over again yeah. in glimpses of time. I mean, I'm talking when you interact with these individuals, you are seeing them possibly for the first time ever, yeah. and you're seeing them for 15 seconds. Yeah. And you instantly think that's achievable tonight. Mm-hmm. That's achievable tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And you get caught up in this mentality, which over years compounds into something that if you don't achieve success in the amount of time in which you think it takes – you then just start quitting left and right. Yeah. You start abandoning your hopes. You start abandoning your dreams. And then you just are in this ever-evolving cycle of stuck mm-hmm. and being going nowhere. Mm-hmm. And just at the end of the day, you're resulting looking at, wow, over the last 10 years, I've done 10 entirely different things and gotten good at none of them mm-hmm. because I thought it was only going to take six months to a year. And I was like, boom, next right. Jeff Bezos. Right. And the thing about that that I don't like, it's crazy – in that same scenario, there's so many kids, I say kids, so many people my age that I went to school with that, you know, some of them I talk to, they just, they're done. You know, they're in their early 20s and they feel like they have nothing. 
And it bothers me because it's like, man, whoo. You have a long life ahead of you. I'm so young, but I always say, man, you haven't even tried. We haven't tried anything. You know, with me being an agent, this is me trying to chase after what I want to do. If it works out, it works out. But if not, I know that I at least attempted. The last thing in my life that I want to do is when I'm on my deathbed at that, that, that last crying moment, I don't want to look back and say, I wish I could have did this. I wish I should have did that. Go out and try to do what you want to do, you know, and, and, find, and do it in the best way you can do it. Right. Because most people, I think, get so caught up in you just said it, the timeline, you build in your own head where you can't get somewhere. And, you know, most people, some strange reason, wants to be married by 20, wants to be married with kids and a happy life and millionaires by 25 years old for some strange reason. Like, I don't know what like, <laughs> what are you doing to get that's there. A, that's a strong, strong yeah, mindset. Like, you want to be a millionaire by 25 doing what? Yeah. How are you going to do it? Yeah. And the answer is, oh, I just want to have it. It's that they, they lose the drive to go through the process. They just want that carrot. Yeah. They want that end result. Mm-hmm. So Q, we could we could keep going on for hours and yeah. hours, but we got to start to kind of wind down the show. Yeah, fine. So we've got four questions we like to ask everybody mm-hmm. every show, and we'll start with if you could do what is something you did as a kid you wish you could still do today. That's a good question, and I think the answer to that was start selling early. <laughs> like I look at so many of these entrepreneurs who started something. Mm-hmm. If I would have started like really getting into getting out there and selling lemonade or selling, you know, out building up that ability to sell and building up their ability to be an entrepreneur early on versus just being straight books. I think that would have helped me a lot more going forward. I probably would have figured out more about it early on. Right. But what is something you were doing as a child mm-hmm. that you wish you could still continue today? <sighs> That's also good. <laughs> I can't even answer that. Like you got a, a favorite childhood memory you wish you could still go back and do. <laughs> Besides high school all over again, <laughs> I have no idea because. So why high school? Memories. Okay. I did a lot in high school. That's a good one. Getting involved more because I was only, I'm afraid of commitment. I was afraid of commitment to certain things at a point in time to where like, I didn't want to do none of that. But I felt like if I would have got involved more in different activities other than just being an athlete, I would have been like, and I was involved in a lot of stuff, but if I would have put myself out there more in different areas, I think it would have even more prepared me and got me in the right, you know, right angles. And like being a part of the classes I was a part of, I got out of the AP classes because they were boring, right? But if I would have stayed in there and built the extra knowledge that I needed, I think that could have helped me as well. Okay. So what is uh, three lessons you've kind of learned on your career so far? Networking is the most important thing you ever need. No matter what your degree is, no matter what you would, I don't care what you go to school for, how long you go to school, you got a PhD. If you know no one, if no one knows you, you're dead in the water. That's no one thing for being an agent. You can have all the whatever, but if you can't recruit an athlete, you're gone. You're done. That's, I, I saw a video on Instagram the other day that reminds me of that statement. And the guy was talking, what's the difference between a millionaire and a billionaire? And it's like, well, the millionaire would tell you how they perfected their craft, how they perfected their business, how they made their product, their service, whatever it was so successful. A billionaire would tell you who they had to talk to to get to the next level, Mm -hmm. how they were able to go out and communicate to people to get to the next level, who they had to meet to get the chips to fall into the right order, who they had to get in front of, the people, the connections, the networking. Yes, you need that. The second thing for me was try, try a bunch of stuff. Because you would never know if you have a heart and desire 
to be a podcast host, right? Start your own show. If you have that desire, you would never get a chance to fulfill it if you don't do it. So go out and try. Like, go out and attempt to be whoever you want to be. Try it at least once. Um, And the last thing would be, I don't know, honestly. I guess being... I guess being more open to different things because being open to change. At first, it was kind of hard for me to kind of shift because this is the only thing I knew. This is the only way I knew. I only knew it going to school, doing this, doing that. But being open to different things, being open to knowing that there's more than one way to get to where you're trying to go. I think that's those three things combined is what I've learned this entire process through this, through this whole journey I'm going through. I love it, man. Those yeah. are those are three key lessons yeah. that everyone needs, regardless yeah. of the business that you're in. Absolutely. So what is it? What do you love about Baton Rouge? This city is, I always compare this to New Orleans. I actually prefer Baton Rouge over New Orleans. Baton Rouge feels more young. It feels more vibrant here. I feel in New Orleans, everything's a little bit clustered. You know, nothing's wrong with New Orleans, but like everything's a little together. And I feel more older there than I do here. Here is just everything is open. It feels feels real young in the city. And I just love like this area. I, I love it, man. It's popping, man. Yeah, we're hey. young. We're fresh. We're hip. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> sure. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. We're getting there. Okay, man. And what, uh, what can I do to help? Keep being Patty G. Like with this show, that's the one thing I brought to you. The reason why I reached out to you, because it's like, okay, if I'm growing as an agent and Patty's growing as a podcast host, in some future, having, let's say, if I get a client, this would be perfect for you to sit down and talk to the next LeBron James about his journey and get a chance to kind of, you know, advocate for yourself. And as well as the, all of the other business owners that you've been connected to. Like, I think with me now being a part of this, like, I feel like I'm an alumnus to the Patty G Show. You're, yeah, you're an alumnus to the Patty G Show. Yeah. So now me and everybody else who've ever been on here, I've got some connection with them. Because I love being around, like I mentioned earlier, I love being around people who have like-mindedness. What I mean by that is you might not be interested in sports agencies, but you want to be great at whatever your field is. I love being that in that in that room with people that oh, any business owner in different aspects because who knows what information they can give me. So being connected to those people as well. Well, man, I'll, uh, we've got some we've got some stuff in the works for for some past guests of the show and kind yeah. of putting an event together. Let so me know, man. Stay tuned hey, for that, man. Let me know. I love it. I love well, everything. Thank you, man. I appreciate you coming on the show, bro. I appreciate you. Honestly. Thank you for your time. I'm glad we, I'm glad you reached out. Yeah. I'm glad I did too. Some, sometimes I love this. it's sometimes it's uh it's that initial that initial DM that you never know. Like you said, you shoot your shot and see what happens. Listen, when you want it, you're going to figure out ways to get it done. You're going to figure out ways. And that's all I'm about. That's the reason why I reached out. Knew nothing about you. <laughs> but I told you that when we met at Government Tacos, I told you, I said, man, I have never met you, but guess what? I want you to be just as successful. Yeah. You know, we've never met on nothing about you, but guess what? The fact that I see what you're doing with this entire setup, like I want to see Patty G five years from now. Like I want to see you, John. Like I really want that. Like, because I can now say, hey, look, I was on that show when he was, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, hey, that's my, that's my guy right there. That's so. right. When he was at Uncle Earl's. Yeah, there you go. Right there on the corner of uh, Perkins and Acadia. And yeah. I came out there and I was on the show. Yeah. I love it. Well, man, thank you. I'm glad we had you on the show. Yeah. Appreciative of your time. And thank you, everybody else, for tuning in or watching or listening. Wherever y'all are absorbing this content, I'm very <laughs> thankful of that. I know the guests are very thankful of it. And for y'all listening, this has been the latest rendition of the Patty G Show. I think we're on episode 91. Ooh, Lord. And that is all made possible by some lovely sponsors, the first of which is Fly Real Estate. 
Um, you know, we got a sports agent here. They can be your housing agent. They can help you sell your home. They can help you buy a home, all while saving you some dollars on the back end within okay. closing costs, etc. Go over there, reach out to Barrett Blondo with Falaya Real Estate. Tell them that Patty G sent you. And they'll be sure to take good care of you. And also, as you can tell, Government Taco. They are amazing. Q, he said we've met at Government Taco for some lunch. That's If you know me, that's like my go-to spot <laughs> for lunch. They're open Tuesdays through Saturdays. We've got some incredible happy hour menus. they got some incredible tacos that are on their menu. Be sure and go check them out. And again, tell them Patty G sent you. And everybody, thank you all so very much for tuning in. I'm your host, Patty G. We're here with the Patty G Show with Quintarius Q. Queen, sports agent, sprinter, extravagander. There we go. Thank you so much, (laughs) y'all. Have a good one. We're out.